0: Before delivering these episodes of Sloppy Horror Podcast, I do my best to gather all the information I can on the topics we are discussing. But to be honest, the only scripted part of the podcast are these intros. I think it's important to lay the facts on the table first before anything. Just an educated insight on the major impact of the film before we start to go down the road of our personal opinions. So each night after I get the kids to bed, I bury myself deep into my office where I do my research and put together an introduction for the episodes. On this particular evening while riding, I've had the pleasure of having each of my three children barge into my office within a 15-minute interval, with a list of problems including being bored, not being able to find batteries, and the demanding of fruit snacks. After the third time, I snapped with the typical dad response of I'm trying to do some work and I need to be left alone. The moment I got back to my chair, the irony smacked me in the face. I'm yelling at my kids because I have writer's block, while writing an intro for The Shining. I really wish I was kidding. Unfortunately, I guess there's a little Jack Torrance in every dad. I guess that's why this movie also worked so well. It's easy to fear the people you live with. Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece adaptation of Stephen King's book, The Shining, was released to audiences on May 23, 1980. This was nothing moviegoers had ever seen before. The introduction of the steady cam and Kubrick's methodical and meticulous slow style made it terrifying and beautiful at the same time. The story focuses around the Torrance family. Jack, his wife Wendy, and their son Danny. Jack accepts a job at a secluded hotel for the winter as a caretaker. Once the family arrives and the isolation sets in after a few weeks, Jack and Danny start to have heavy supernatural experiences from the hotel's not-so-good past. There's no doubt this is one of the best movies ever made, regardless of genre. Many say it's the greatest horror movie of all time. I would neither agree or disagree. I just usually stray away from the goat debates for the fact there is no real answer. But that being said, this flick is still in the goat conversation and hands down on the Mount Rushmore of horror films. It's not hard to see why this movie made 47 million at the box office and it's still being watched every minute of the day somewhere in the world. If this movie taught us anything, it's that all work and no play makes us dull. So if you're doing something that requires too much effort, what do you say we fuck off for a second, kick back and let's talk about The Shining. Boom! Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. And here, again, for another week clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the world, Ozark Mark.
1: <laughs> Clap, like the... Clapping them cheeks. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, man, just another day here in the Slop Pod, uh, making some uh, great podcast stuff here for uh, all of the... Uh, Sloppos and the sloppy broads, you know, the sloppy whores, if you will. No, the, no, the sloppy broads, sloppy whores, sloppy broads. They're whores. Okay, will you vote on it? We'll yes, take a vote. Which will you broads rather be called sloppy broads or sloppy whores? I have a feeling it's going to swing one way, but no, nevertheless, what are we talking about in this episode, Christian Ramey? Well. As you guys all
0: know, I'm I'm very appreciative for all of you guys that have joined us for every episode, and we've definitely been checking out where all you guys are from, our people out there in Colorado, our people in France, I mean, our people in Germany, and all across the states, really. We very much appreciate you, and that's why these last two episodes, we are talking about some of the biggest horror flicks ever. Like We've been talking about big ones all year, I mean, all season, I should say, but these two... Next two episodes are Mount Rushmore horror movies. So we're talking about The Shining today. Stanley Kubrick's 1980, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall. Does it ring a bell, Ozark Mark? Have you seen that one? Of course I have. I don't
1: know anybody who hasn't seen The Shining, unless you're like a kid. That's a good point, dude. It's a you know, I don't think what the age is the where you start. Not being surprised that they didn't see The Shining. Maybe like uh, let's see, it was made in 1980, so it's 21 now. So that is 41 years old, correct? 41 uh, year old movie. Yeah, it's pretty old, man. It is old, uh, but revolutionary the way it was shot. I mean, this is this is an actual like film film in horror. Yes, You know, like you said before, something that stimulates the brain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an actual movie. Stanley Kubrick is a director who wasn't known for horror. Like, this was him coming into horror. So you're very correct there. Now, I will say, sorry to cut you off, Mark, but I will let the listeners know, if this is your first episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about The Shining. We're going to talk about the impact it had on the world, maybe a little bit on us. Sprinkle in a little flavor, and then obviously at the end of the mo- or at the end of the episode, we'll tell you, we'll tell you our rating, give you a final rating, and then obviously we have a fun little segment called "What Do You Know," and that's a little flavor. We're just gonna put it in your ear, and maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Depends how much you love The Shining. So, this is like almost I don't even know where to open this can, okay? Because this movie pulled in obvi- audiences from all over. All over. This wasn't just uh, for the horror people. This wasn't uh, a slasher flick. This was a serious movie that was played all around at the drive-ins. It's a very popular movie at the drive-in. And the impact of this was huge. It was huge. I feel like more people know the line, here's Johnny from The Shining, than they do the Johnny Carson show. Like When you hear that line, you think The Shining for the most part before you think Johnny Carson. And I watch a lot of Johnny Carson still. And which is crazy, they put the, you heard of that Pluto TV, right? Yep. Well, sometimes I'll, I'll put on there just because I like the old school shows. But then I saw they had a, a, a Johnny Carson show or, like, channel. It's 24 hours Johnny Carson.
1: It's awesome. And they put all the great old guests. Um, oh, really? I love when uh, Roddy Dangerfield and stuff used to go on there. Oh, yeah, Don Rickles, all those old guys. They're yeah. hilarious, dude. Mm-hmm. They leave me busted. I mean, they're sitting there just smoking cigarettes and drinking liquor, drunker than a fuck. Like, I love it. Back in the good old days when you could actually – yeah. do things on television,
0: right? And obviously, that catchphrase, as you know, that was his when he came in every night. That here's was, Johnny.
1: That uh, here's Johnny was actually not in the script, if I'm not mistaken. Jack or Jack Nicholson,
0: correct, correct. He did completely
1: improv that. that, and it's funny because most of the, some of the most iconic lines in movies were just done in improv. Some of the ones, for example, uh, Jaws. We're mm-hmm. gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. (laughs) You know that line no matter where you go.
0: And there's probably a little theory to that in a sense of, like, if your gut's telling you to say it, that's probably what you would say in a moment like that, in a genuine moment, if you're really truly acting in a scene. Yeah. So I feel like just to drive, you know, to steer this ship, to get into the water, the way I want to frame this, okay, so we have Stanley Kubrick as a director, and as we said, he wasn't a horror director kind of pretense to this. He did Space Odyssey 2001. Very much known for his long shots, for his scenery. Great director, okay? So he agrees to do this. Actually, he wanted to do a horror picture, I'll tell you. Because he made a movie before this, and it kind of flopped a little bit. So he says, you know, I'm going to make a horror picture. And he locked himself in a room with a bunch of Stephen King books, horror books. And apparently the person, I, I was reading a story, and I may be paraphrasing here, but his like assistant said she just kept hearing books hit the wall because he would read a couple pages of it and be like, this is shit. And then like a couple days went by and she didn't hear that noise and she went in there, he was reading The Shining, very much absorbed by it. Now this is a book by Stephen King. I mean, and I, I don't mean to insult horror fans who are listening to this because I know that you guys know this, but I also want this to be uh not like kind of a, gatekeepy show i don't want to be you know oh you're not invited i want people who don't know about this also to be a little educated so maybe you'll enjoy the film a little bit that's how i am if i know something about what i'm watching i kind of it's kind of neat you're like oh i know that actor or i know this story this you know this is a remake
1: or whatever it may be the more you know about movies really whether it's how it's made or just facts or any behind this more behind the scenes stuff you know about movies for me at least It makes it a little bit more enjoyable to watch.
0: Absolutely,
1: dude. Absolutely.
0: So Kubrick was upset, didn't have a good film. He wanted to make one, and he says, you know, what's going to sell? Horror movies, right? So he did The Shining, got really into it. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to mention that Stephen King wasn't exactly fond of his adaptation of this movie. Now... We're going to get into that just a little bit. Um, I love Stephen King. Obviously, I have a lot of... St- I, I'm i not going to say I've read every Stephen King book, but I would say a good 65% of them. Maybe 70. That's so, low. I mean, I own a shitload. They're behind yeah. me. Um,
1: That's a lot of reading, sir.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I love... list. When I was younger, like I would actually read, which was fucking weird. I mean, I still do now occasionally, but I do a lot of audio books. You know, you're in the car. <clears throat> but some of these old books... Stephen King, they're great, okay? But Stephen King, it's his baby. And anytime anybody fucks with your baby, I don't care. What's it like when your wife gets in your car in the driver's seat? Like, you're like, hey, don't be fucking with the seat. Don't be touching. The, you know, it's your shit. It's your shit. So I can imagine that's a hundredfold if it's a, a book that you've written. Yeah. So I know Stephen King sent Stanley Kubrick, like, a script, and uh, and Kubrick just threw it right out. He's like, I'm making my own fucking movie. I'm doing this how I want and as much as I love Stephen King, I think the world can agree that they appreciated that Kubrick did it. Now, this movie is considered, I, and I hate to say this movie because we say it a lot, but it's fun to say, this movie, <laughs> us humans. do anyways. that's too deep. Nobody knows what we're talking look, about. Don't do that. <laughs> all right, so look here. They come out with this picture. This picture It captivated audiences all over, and Kubrick, I I think it took Stanley Kubrick to do that. Now, if this would have been a Stephen King film, at this time in Stephen King's life, if you were making one of his movies, it almost had kind of a a curse on it. Not saying it wouldn't be successful, but, you know, big production companies were not interested in doing horror pictures. They're like, oh, Stephen King? No, sir, we're out. We don't want any part of that. and Which is really silly. Well, I think they end up making a lot of money because they were so limited. You you remember when you were watching something that was scary when you were little? It felt like you weren't supposed to be watching it. You were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So, I think that kind of translated and why it became so popular because it was just fought down. I mean, really, honestly, Misery and Silence of the Lambs, which I love, which are great movies, and they're like right there on the verge of horror and thriller. Those are like the ones that won awards first. They were the first ones to, like, kick it off, and there really hasn't been a lot since. But that being said, Kubrick stepped out on the scene, knocked and blew everybody away. Everybody's so fucking... You know what's really neat? To look up other actors, like, and their response to The Shining. It's been really fun, because I was doing a little research on this episode, and I found so many interviews with people, like other actors, like Robert De Niro. He's like, I wasn't able to sleep for months (laughs)
1: <laughs> Picture it Rob- was
0: fucking weird. Picture Robert De Niro watching The Shining.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> he, the bartender saying, "He, you, you, you're Yo. good, you, you, <laughs> Yo. <laughs> you're good, you're the, you. That's why I'm me, and you're you, you're good, you." <laughs>
0: yeah, right down there, right down there.
1: Yeah, this film, this uh, was filmed in such a way, and this really. You can tell just by there's all kinds of – every kind of really shot that you can think of if you're into filming whatsoever or find it interesting. There's all kinds of shot. There's the first really demonstration of the Steadicam shot. That's why most of these – Yes, sir. You watch this movie. It's 1980. You're probably sitting there watching like, how are all these so smooth? It's like you're floating through like it's not typical of what you'd see in camera work we got that we have very long continuous shots we have
0: tell tell them, about the, tell them got... about the
1: one inch shot ozark mark you know you're the
0: producer so you have a better insight on that um i'm very much thinking of danny on his
1: uh you know the big wheel and the cameras were wasn't that like an inch from the ground it was the frame the lens was literally an inch from the ground now you think of an inch Okay, it's, it's a fucking inch. That's crazy. Like, that's so small. Like, you, I would be scared shitless if I had anything of value, especially a camera that's <laughs> one inch to the ground. But it it, it looks so – I mean, it's a gorgeous shot, not to sound nerdy or anything. But, I mean, no. you, you notice it too. If you don't know about really movies or you don't really pay attention to the camera work of things, you still realize that, like, this is cool. This is nice looking. And they basically rigged up the Steadicam, hooked it down, just to put it in a nutshell. I'm not going to go too into it, um, but it was literally an inch from the ground. Rig. And they had it like on like this wheelchair rig. Yeah, well, Stanley Kubrick had a wheelchair because originally the Steadicams were like hooked to people's body, and the Steadicam shots were basically you had like a a vest on with a little arm boom yeah, arm yeah. coming out and the camera's right there so when you walked or run it would balance and it would be nice and steady you know you can't even tell someone's running for the most part but Cooper took it to another level because he mounted the camera now onto a wheelchair where someone's mounting the steady cam sitting in the wheelchair and then you have somebody pushing them is it a disabled person um
0: for the wheelchair maybe Okay, I mean, I just figure do you mean mentally
1: do what do you mean mentally or physically?
0: no, physically, I just figure you know what a way to give a job if you're going to incorporate the wheelchair. I mean, you might as well you can get Stephen Hawking in there he'd be running corners.
1: It pretty sucked though he if, missed like, his opportunity you know, if you get called to a shot and there's a bunch of stairs fuck, <laughs> fuck I ain't getting there
0: you're
1: so <laughs> you're you're very correct. The camera work
0: is beautiful in this, and it's really like kind of unlike anything else because there are steady cams in other movies now this was introduced and like, or like it was in Rocky a little bit and there was some of that, but with this rig, the guy who, and his name's slipping me, but the guy who invented the steady cam, he was like on demand during this movie for the shining. So he was there for the whole movie. And he said, that's really where he sharpened the steady cam knife. That's really where he found out how to use it. And you can tell because Kubrick has scenes take so long. And I, I really enjoy that
1: because it kind of builds a build it yeah. works for this movie it's 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 50 50 with people I mean some people even me like sometimes like I have to be in the mood to watch a movie like this because one it's two and a half hours long yes of three people by themselves in a hotel so I mean it's always when I'm have... snowed in it's always when there's a lot of snow outside and it's like snow day you're home for the weekend and you ain't doing shit yeah it's like shining and you and you're awake <laughs> enough to uh, pay attention to kind of appreciate it. but if you're just like you just got off work and you're trying to watch it you will be asleep oh yeah not nothing against it but yeah there are a lot of long shots a lot of zoom ins and we also have point of view shots point of view so there's point of view there's steady cam, there's aerials in the beginning there's all kinds of yeah, when you know when they're coming in from aerial's the aerials in the sky. Aerials in the sky, yes. Like, like systems. I know what you're saying. Damn it! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen to what I'm saying. In I'm trying to be educational.
1: <laughs> Tell you, you don't have. You know, you headbang to that every time it kicks in. I <laughs> face a
0: waterfall. <laughs>
1: System of a Down is such a great dude, band. Toxicity was a great fucking album. I remember. That was a great fucking album. I had everybody had that album. I, I had ah, that dude. album, dude. Ah. My I grandma found it, has I found that it. Album. I found it in my old CD collection years ago. I was like, "Oh shit." That like, talks. But uh, the cool thing about the, just the beginning, the, back to the film though, you know, I mean, this is 1980, so you know, we don't have drones. We don't have any kind of shit, right? No, we do not. So these people had to go. You have to get a helicopter, a pilot for the helicopter, a bunch of people in the helicopter. You got to get the motherfucker driving, syncing up with the helicopter at the same time. It's not as just like you just show up, hey, you're going to drive down the street? Okay, well, let me fly up this drone. I'll just follow you, you know. It's so. wild now, man. Anybody could really be a producer if you get, like, not, or a director if you get good with drones. Or you could get a hell of a job doing oh, weddings or <laughs> yeah. fucking whatever. But, I mean, just the opening, it's just that eerie synth music that, oh, oh. dude, the the, Let, the... the score, let's, let's yeah, good. I mean, dude, the score this, to this
0: movie, if yeah. you now, if you watch it, I'm glad you brought this up. Now I don't mean to cut you off, but you got me excited because the way this fucking score works... Yeah. It's almost like it's the feeling of the movie. And that's always what a score is. But, like, this thing goes together like PB and J. Yes. Now, they incorporate the creepy music at, like, weird times, too. Even just, like, chill conversations between Jack and Wendy. And they're just, Wendy, I'm talking to you. And it's just like... It's
1: overpowering sometimes, but it definitely... It it matches the feeling like when she re when she starts you know the, the you know mm-hmm. the crackling one that and, Sorry, and to, it the makes back your to your skin crawl dude. and back to your drone shot at the beginning of this
0: movie there is a beautiful shot where they're like coming down this windy road through these mountains and the fucking music man these trumpets coming. <laughs> Like you just know some shit's not right. No. Like just, From the very get go and it's beautiful scenery. If you put like like say like some uh like commercial music in the background of this scenery, it would look beautiful. You'd be like, Oh, that looks great. Let's go there. But the shine Isn't it isn't it kinda crazy?
1: How much music has an effect on just a visual? Oh, if yeah. You, say if you take that same fly footage and you mix it with some other, like Bob Marley. Like, don't worry. Bad oh, yeah. day.
0: <laughs> Have you ever be been... Beautiful. Let's just say you're pissed off and you're driving to work and Seek and Destroy by Metallica is on. Yeah. Are you going
1: under the speed limit? I don't think I've ever gone the speed limit while listening to Metallica.
0: Seek and Seek and Destroy it's just, it, it it's, it's such an amplifier that people don't even think about music is, so you're very correct with that. So we have beautiful scenery, as we've discussed. Crazy, innovative shots. Very long shots. I mean, as I'm saying the length of this movie, like, for example, um, there's a character played by Scatman Crothers, and his name's Dick Halloran. He's um, the hotel cook, and he kind of gives young Danny Lloyd kind of info. He can kind of tell... Okay, so he's part of the yeah. Let others. me. Let, I'm explaining you get, to you as if you have not seen it. So
1: you uh, got to give us a synopsis. Get a get a basic uh, correct uh, summary of it for those who may not know about this movie. Correct. So we have Jack and Wendy,
0: husband and wife, with their young son, about five years old, Danny. Okay, Jack is a writer. And he's having a hard time on work, so he takes this job as a caretaker for this hotel out in these mountains, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, and pretty much their job's to stay there through the winter, take care of the hotel, like, you know, through the season, make sure the boiler's running, yada yada, okay? As they stay there, shit starts to get crazy, Danny... And Jack both have The Shining. And The Shining is kind of like the sixth sense almost, if you will. The ability to kind of see ghosts and communicate with other people who have The Shining. Um, So very early on when they first get there and they're getting a tour of the place, there's a character by Scatman Crothers, um, and his name's Dick Halloran. And he has The Shining too, and he talks to Danny. And he's like, look, this place is kind of messed up, but don't let it scare you because it's not real. Well, anyways, there's a scene later in the movie where he comes to save everybody because he feels like shit's fucked up. But just him pulling in. So it takes, like, a minute for him to pull... Like, like I'm actually quoting, like, actual time here. Like, minute, maybe minute and a half for him to drive down the driveway. For him to, like, get out of the car... Start walking through. I mean, it's four or five minutes. It's four or five minutes for him to walk in. Now, any other movie would have just showed more
1: montage, taillights pulling up at the house. You walk in, next scene you're in-house. That's another thing, man. You don't don't really take the time to realize that four minutes is a long time, especially in a movie.
0: Just for someone to walk in a house. And if you
1: don't believe me, four minutes isn't a long time. Hold your breath.
0: Yeah, no shit. It's like, that's that that's fucking insane. So I really much, uh, I do appreciate that. It did add a lot of suspense. Yeah. And then a- as Mr. Dick Halloran is walking through the hallways, Jack Torrance hops out and hits him in the chest with an axe. Pretty cool. It was a nice kill. An Axe Kill is always up there. That's a beautiful
1: axe he has, by the way, too.
0: It is, man. You know, you always hear about the axe murder and axe kill, but you don't always see them in movies outside of your giants, you know, your main giants, you know, your your Jason and, and your Freddies. Yeah. So this was a great scene where the axe was incorporated right to the chest, man. And so for you audio listeners you're not going to be able to see my face right now but there's a funny part like where young danny he kind of goes into a shining trance and like so his dad kills this dude that comes in to try to save him and danny's just like seizing out just like <laughs> like <laughs> drooling down his face and this music is just peeking baby it's hitting high <laughs> and it's like kind of fucked though like it's Obviously, yeah, it's funny. We love the movie. But, like, even like with Child's Play, there's parts where you're like, that little kid, dude, that's a little fucking boy. Like, right. it's not like a 13 year old where you're
1: like, ah, he's a little fucking prick. All right. It's like a five year old. So you're like, ah, fuck, little buddy, get yeah. out of there. And you know what's crazy about it? Danny Lloyd, the actor, the little boy in this movie. Mm hmm. I've always wondered what it's like to have like kids in horror movies and how to like explain to them like what's going on but for this instance they told Danny that this wasn't a horror movie this is like a drama. Yeah or something. Yeah. It's like oh I was like so you're screaming red rum and writing red rum on a door and, and picking up a knife it's a drama. Yeah kids are kids are funny <laughs> are like that. that. Yeah, kids they are, are funny, very, very naive but
0: Yeah, you can all, you could like, you know, help have them help you bury a body if you just, you know,
1: teach them just right. I've heard. But. So then he shows up, he gets killed, and then um. That's very fun. That's very fun. Yeah. So later, Jack basically Jack's just going crazy the entire time. The longer he's there, mm-hmm. and eventually he goes psycho, and uh, tries to kill Wendy and Danny, but uh, you know, they escape. Jack uh, gets frozen in a maze. <laughs> yes.
0: You know, I, 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 have you seen the very funny uh, parody of this on the South Park episode where Stan and his, uh, Randy Marsh, like, Randy buys a blockbuster? And, oh, dude, if you haven't, please go. Is it, is it new or is it older? I'd say it's about probably maybe close to 10 years old now. Okay. I don't um, think I've ever seen that one. Oh, buddy. It's so damn funny. Like, just briefly, like, he buys a blockbuster. And this is right when Netflix was starting to pop off. And they're like, that. Yeah. Nobody fucking comes to Blockbuster anymore. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, everybody come. like. He's like, what if it's movie night? Everyone's coming in a scary movie. Or he like just ends up staying at this Blockbuster and he won't leave. And he starts seeing like ghosts of people in the eighties. Like, I'm looking for Turner and Hooch, and he goes <laughs> crazy, right? And he, it's The Shining. Yeah. Or he ends up like outside and he's frozen like that. And then like his <laughs> wife Sharon comes up and she's like, Randy, will you come home? She's like, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. You want something?
1: Yeah. She says,
0: what do you want? (laughs) Nuggets. I see. (laughs) But he's like frozen like Jack was. It's very funny. Um, It's a a great parody. And this movie's been parodied a lot. I mean, this movie has had such a cultural impact. You remember the movie Twister? This is the movie they were watching when they were at the drive-in. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Now, another thing we like to discuss when we're kind of talking about a film... I want to talk about like what kind of made it work—the uh, lightning in the bottle, so to speak—that made it work. So we already discussed the camera work, the, the you know the music work, but let's get down to the casting a little bit. So we have Jack Nicholson playing Jack Torrance, and then you have Shelley Duvall playing Wendy's character, and then Danny Lloyd is Danny yeah. in this movie
1: us humans stop doing that <laughs> what happens is <laughs> every time you say it now now i'm gonna start laughing and you're gonna ruin the quality of the podcast you're gonna ruin you're things ruin
0: everything it's my Midas touch if you will i touch it it just fucks up dude should i should i go
1: shut up and continue on whatever the hell it is you're talking I, about it, never mind what? i don't
0: you know what never mind i don't i'm not even hungry anymore what are we talking you about? Can just get whatever what are we talking about um all right so what i was talking about the lightning in the bottle in a Stanley Kubrick, what he had done. This was a long time before the Me Too movement. This was a long time before misogyny was really worked out. Because you have to think of what life was like in 1980 for your typical American woman. Yeah. Okay. Some worked. You had some, but it wasn't as prevalent and they weren't getting paid. It was very much the old school mindset. So, this is that's why this movie resonated so much. New audiences complain, and they'll say you'll hear a real hit or miss on Shelly Duvall. Some people really dislike her performance. I myself really enjoyed it because I understand that. At that time frame in America, people were not, like, you're not uh, standing up to your fucking husband, especially your really abrasive husband who's going a little nuts. Yeah. So that's what made it scary. Nowadays, girls would be like, fuck that. I'd kill him. Yeah. And, and which is good. Good. I'm happy for that. But back then, it was not the, uh, she's really trying to keep her family together. Because in those time frames, well... He drinks a lot, but you know he's working on it. Like they, they really kept shit under the carpet back then. Nowadays, people get divorces over Instagram likes. Back then, them old broads kept shit under lock, dog. Like yeah. and, uh, he he gets crazy with the kids, but he cuts their grass.
1: The reason why I think I think she works perfect <laughs> is because um she her like a lot of people say her acting isn't great, but. I think the way she acted it, she she came off as like you know people that are just some people, just for no reason are just annoying to you. Yes. Okay. That is Shelley Duvall in this movie to me. Like she is annoying. Oh like, yeah. To me, when she comes in and he's working, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mind if I read some? You know, just the way she carried herself, like her ru- her runs and everything she did, her face. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it play, it annoyed plays. me, and then. So, it makes you feel kind of what Jack's feeling, too, is as he's getting annoyed with her. Like, you can understand more from Jack's perspective kind of why he's starting to go insane and starting to dislike Shelly and get annoyed with her a lot. You got the trifecta
0: because you feel the husband's aspect of it. Yep. Because, and it's really fucked, man. Like, it. Like I was discussing this earlier with my kids and my Theonky, and we were watching The Ass End of The Shining. You know, I, I was just brushing up, and... Like, my whole life, you know, you grow up and you're like, when I become a dad, I'm going to be super cool. I'll never be mean. I'll never have moments. But the older you get, you realize Jack Torrance is under there. He's under there in every guy. I don't care how fucking sweet he is,
1: how nice he is. There are moments where you're, Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm convinced that no matter every husband and or father has been home alone acting like Jack, just about life just yeah. just normal annoying things and you just acting psycho about just the simplest shit like i remember you sent me a snapchat one time it was about something about laundry and you just came down like jack like you want me to do the fucking laundry you know? <laughs> like shutting the <laughs> everybody that may or has may not. that happened just um, something that annoys you. Everybody's got that inner jacket in It's such a strong
0: storyline, though, because, I mean, it even worked in Amityville Horror. I really enjoyed that remake. I thought Ryan Reynolds fucking killed it. That's, like, my favorite movie with him, yeah, you're actually.
1: Not, you're, yeah, because, I mean, you don't... Ryan Reynolds isn't used to that. I like when people kind of step out of their element a little bit, especially, yeah. you know, Ryan, Re- Ryan Reynolds did it in the Amityville Horror remake, and then you got um, just Jack Nicholson here, because Jack Nicholson... Not oh, he's, known for horror movies. But no, he's just, crazy. Just because of this. Yeah. That's another thing that made him work. You just look at Jack Nicholson. He just looks crazy sure. just by himself. And then him, how fun would it be to act like Jack in this movie, though? Just act crazy. Oh, it would it would oh, be great. Man. It would be great.
0: It really would. But think of how strong of a story this is, because you have the trifecta. So you feel like if you're a man, you could feel the you know the husbands. If you're the wife, you could definitely understand that. Because that's kinda like Have you ever heard your dad yell? Have you ever heard your dad have a moment? And everybody has. So it's like, when is the line of like, no, dad's actually going fucking crazy. He's going to kill us. Like, when does that happen? So that's like kind of a real thing that could happen. So like, it's very much a reflection of like how dad's aggression and anger can like really fucking torment a family. Now, I don't think that's what the underlying story is about, but it's very much an image. And it's such a real fear. That's why it worked. If you're a wife, you're thinking, oh, what do I do if my husband snaps? As a
1: kid, you're like, my parents are fucking crazy. What am I going to do? We're alone in a hotel in the middle of nowhere that's snowed in. Mm -hmm. So the isolation, sure.
0: Yeah. And Shelley Duvall, like kind of the way I was running about with the misogynistic and the Me Too thing, Stanley Kubrick was very tough on her. I'm not saying he like fucking touched her and, and like beat her, but- Directors were notorious for being different back then. It was kind of the renegade days. As we talked before, uh, as William Blatty did in, uh, 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 in The Exorcist, where he fucking uh, shot a shotgun and shit to startle somebody. There was just all kinds of crazy shit they would do back then because you can get away with it. Well, Kubrick, and there's a there's a lot of great behind-the-scenes for this movie that you can find. But he very much belittles her, a lot of mansplaining, and just like, oh come on, you got to get it right. That looked like shit. I mean, Shelly, that just looked like shit. I'm telling you, you got to get like, and you could. He's really fucking with her, and, and I don't know if on the inside he really is trying to bring the best performance out of her because it really does. I think turn up on screen.
1: I think that's why directors do it. I mean, I think there's there's a very fine line, but doing that. But I understand why directors do that because they want to. Like you said, this is. When a director makes a film, this is their baby. Yeah, so they want the best. They want exact. They have a vision of what they want that actor to do. And if they're not getting it, so you got to take different steps to get that state of mind or whatever it is out of these actors. I encourage you guys to look up those behind the scenes because I'll be honest with you,
0: more people go to bat—no pun intended—for Shelley Duvall on how Kubrick treated her. Than she does because every time she's in an interview, she's like, Yeah, it was really tough and he was hard on me, but honestly, it made a better picture. And you can see it in the movie, and she gets it. I'm not saying like that's cooler, it justifies it, but when you watch it, he really does kind of like, You're like, damn, dog, lighten up and shit. Like, oh, no. you know, he's like, Trina, You dumb broad, like, you know, that's kind of his mindset. And yeah. I, so she went through a lot of trauma, and obviously, you know, she's kind of had you know a sadder turn in life, but I'm glad that. A fucking piece of shit, Dr. Phil. He fucking interviewed her and made her look like a fucking... Like, she was dumb as shit and, like, crazy. And she is a little crazy, but I think they framed it in, like, a fucked up way. Uh, I, there were times where I really didn't even know if she, she knew they were filming. And she was just kind of, like, just an eccentric old lady. And I, she is a little loopy, but, like, he's a piece of shit. I heard somebody else interviewed her after that to try to make her look not as fucking crazy. Because that's sad, man. I mean, I really did appreciate her performance in this movie she's sitting there with her son like it just reminds me of what was like being younger like she's smoking cigarettes and shit and that's how like my grandma and shit was
1: smoking cigarettes right next to a kid watching cartoons with like chocolate milk and stuff like literally like right next that's how it 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 was like when uh, i was young and it was like it's different now like uh, it's just crazy nowadays with the culture and stuff and you can look back on it and you see something like that it makes you go like what the fuck like you could be like three feet from a building, and
0: they're like, I'm, excuse me, my kids are in this building. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, fuck it. I'm smoking in a hospital. You yeah. know what I thought about that? And I calculated, like, how many, because they're both cigarette smokers. Okay. And if you're gonna be snowed in for four months, because you can, you betcha, she's a two a pack a day smoker. She looks like a two a pack. Oh, for sure. Back then, those moms, they were fucking smoking more than the dudes. You got nothing to do. You're stuck in a hotel. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that she smokes like two packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Okay. So like, what's that? Put us at like 14 for the week. Let's just say 15 packs for the week, because she might have a wild day where she breaks into that extra half a pack. So we'll say 30, 30 on the month. Right? No, hold on. Is that right? So, that's a lot of fucking cigarettes, okay?
1: How many cartons of cigarettes? I feel like there was boxes of cigarettes, okay? There had to be. Yeah, man. There's a shit ton of food. It's got to last them till May. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're in there for like, what, six, they You're there for like half the year. No, so you're going, oh, hold on, what's that math break there? That breaks down to six,
0: 60 packs per month, okay? So you're talking six cartons per month. How many months? Four? Yeah. Six, 12, 18, 24 fucking cartons of smokes just for her. And if he's in (laughs) the equipment,
1: he's a smoker, too.
0: So let's just double that. Like You got like 48 cartons of cigarettes? Like Where where the fuck did you fit that? I saw you guys
1: driving in. You just had your car. I didn't see no 48 goddamn cartons of cigarettes in there. Speaking of the times, you want to hear something that made me laugh so hard (laughs) that I know for a fact that no father today, like new age father, would ever say this. So when they're driving up, the hell he's just sitting there driving just staring out there and and uh danny goes dad yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm hungry mm. well you should have ate your breakfast <laughs> i'd say that shit <laughs> no people don't say that anymore like my parents say that to me when when i, was I a say kid, that shit but I'm, nobody says that anymore i'm i let
0: my kids know why don't you eat your fucking breakfast no You're you gonna don't. to eat, no, eat your food don't. i do. such
1: a liar I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the no, tough dad. No, no. She comes, then the mom swoops in right about there and gets them whatever the fuck they want. Yes and no. Yes, yes and no. Don't, there's no no about If they it. didn't
0: eat their breakfast and they told me they were hungry a half hour later, I would most definitely say, why didn't you eat your breakfast? I wouldn't have stated it as a statement. I well, would have asked. You should
1: have ate your breakfast.
0: I would have asked a question. I would have said, why didn't you eat your breakfast? I wouldn't have said you should have. But it depends. I have, Mark, I'm a human being with fucking feelings, man. I wake up upset, okay? And if you try that bullshit in the morning, maybe I'll be a little upset or a little snarky, okay? Once I get some coffee in me, maybe smoke a little weed, I'm okay, all right? But I cannot, you know, the morning time, I get it. There's Jack Torrance in all of us. You can't take him out of me. Mm -hmm. He's in me. He's come from behind in me. Now he's one with me because he came in me. What did you just say? He's come in me, Jack Torrance. He's come inside of me.
1: No, you said coming. You said from behind. Yeah,
0: from behind. He came in. Have you seen Space Jam? Are you? It's a basketball
1: movie with Looney Tunes. And don't Michael talk George. to me about Space Jam, fucker. You know it's my favorite movie. Of so course, you, I've seen Space Jam.
0: You know when the aliens stole the powers from the National Basketball Association? No, players? I don't. I've never so heard
1: of this movie ever.
0: They creep on the floor, Ozark Mark, and what happens is they come up behind him and they do this like. <laughs> yeah that's what happens when
1: you have the jack moment yeah yeah
0: like, that one well when he yeah. came inside of me that's what happened to me right. too and, and now he's one with me and you know, i feel
1: it's, it you know, what's kind of funny is one of the behind the scenes clip you get to look up the mo- other most popular one is uh when uh, jack nicholson's getting ready to do the scene oh that's fun. where he um puts the axe into the bathroom door towards the end uh-huh. and he's kind of like doing that you know space jam for, you know wiggling all around like but just watching him get himself pipe up and get into that psycho mode is so f- cool to watch. Because he just looks normal and he just gets hyped up, like, jumping around, like, nah, nah, murder, murder, kill, psycho. Ah. Is this your favorite
0: Jack Nicholson movie? Yeah. He's my favorite actor, so it's tough. I loved
1: him as the Joker. You know, you know well, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it's hard to say which one because... I mean, you could think about this forever, but like, oh, what about this movie? What about that movie? The that Easy Jack Rider did? would be up there with me too. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds that he even fucking anger management. He was hilarious, and everything yeah. he does is pretty much great. So, um, but I lo- I just love his how psychotic he is in this movie. So that's why I pick it. Hi, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, his ghost sequence. So there's a a classic scene. I mean, and honestly, if you haven't seen this movie, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? Even if you don't like horror, where the fuck, man? It's The Shining. So I'm going to explain this now. There's a bar scene. It's great. Obviously, no one else is in this fucking giant hotel except for the family. Well, he starts to go a little nutty and starts seeing people, and he gets in a fight with his old lady, and he starts creeping around the hotel, and he goes to the bar obviously it's empty they keep it dry um well he's got his head down and then he like lifts his head up and then there's a bartender and there's mass bottles of liquor behind there and he just like knows him immediately hi lloyd and he has this fucking smile jack nicholson's faces in this movie are great like i I, I could make a calendar of his screenshotted faces (laughs) from this movie you really could fantastic
1: Dude, they are dead on make you believe he's psycho. They're great. Oh, The Shining has so many great faces for Jack there's Nicholson. There's one of the, you know how it goes when through the throughout the film, they go like day by day. They'll just have blank and Monday, you know, went and they'll jump to like Week Wednesday. Yeah. You know, there's one, I think it was Thursday. It's just, it just shows <laughs> Wendy and Danny running in the snow. And then it just goes to the psycho face. Just this still, I can't even recreate it, dude. You may have seen it's it in a He's got this yeah. green sweater on, yeah. and it's like, head is tilted down.
0: And he's got this real, it kind of reminds me of full metal jacket. It's got this real like glazed over look. Yeah, and it
1: just slowly zooms in, and that was that day. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he's just staring into nothing. <laughs> that was Wednesday. <laughs> Now, it also
0: too, he just has these bold, audacious lines. I mean, the tenacity and the balls on this man. If you have a woman, a significant other,
1: okay, I Dude, I dare you to say something like this oh, to your wife now. Try. There's no way in hell that would fly. The story this would slip, and she would kill you. Oh, this would cause divorces instantly, like the typewriter scene when the typewriter scene when <laughs> when he comes in. <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. She's so sweet, too. Like,
0: he's working, and she just comes in like, hey, hon, just want to check on you. And he's, like, instantly dickish. And he's like, when I'm fucking working in here, you don't come in here. She's like, okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I can make you some sandwiches later. Maybe you'll let me read something. He's like, all right, why don't you do me? Dude, why don't you go ahead
1: by getting the fuck out of here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the the summary of it. I love it when she she tries to make small talk. She goes, supposed to snow tomorrow. He just what do you want me to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) He's such a dick. Uh, He's such a dick. And then it was like, when you hear me typing, ting, 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 means you don't fucking come in here. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just, she's so calm, like just taking it like, Okay,
0: <laughs> she's like she wakes him up one morning and uh, she's like, maybe you could take me for a walk after you when you're done with your breakfast, like breakfast that she made for him, like eggs and bacon and
1: shit. If anybody made me that, dude, oh dude, in bed, I'm I'm instantly at your disposal for oh. at least the oh. next hour. Or if a you favor deme- if day. you wanted oral sex, I'm right there. I got you. you. Don't you don't even need that. You just tell me, You just put it in my face and I'll go to town. You gave seven. me bacon and eggs though. Like I mean, I'm going to be excited Dude, you give me bacon eggs in the morning we'll go to michael's or together or we'll go to hobby lobby yeah. together or whatever i'll go on that trip
0: <laughs> something that's not in our wheelhouse we'll do it so he says <laughs> he's eating breakfast and she says maybe you can take me for a walk and he's like i was thinking maybe i can get some writing done and she says yeah that's all you got to do is just get back in the swing of it and i'm sure everything's gonna come and he's like yep that's it that's exactly what I, and he had this <laughs> condensate, like, <laughs> he was just such a dick, like, he, I don't know, if you really watch it and watch his facial expressions, expressions, you could really think that these two hate each other, yeah like, he's being such an ass, like, he leaned into it so heavy, because I feel like Kubrick was kind of, like, treating Shelly like she was a dumb girl, just a young, dumb, pretty girl. And some people might say, I don't know how you find her attractive. Like, and I don't like find her greatly attractive. But you can see how in 1980 she had her pretty moments. Sure. You do have to understand in this movie she's in constant peril and being chased, so she does not have glamour shots. Plus, she's being fucked with. Like,
1: but yeah, Cassandra you know. likes the fact that her <laughs> her lips never touch together. She's got that open mouth. Just she called it horse face. <laughs> she was like. You can have a drinking game to how <laughs> you guys should make you could have a drinking game of when she closes her lips, but you'll be stone sober. <laughs> I thought that
0: was hilarious. Yeah, that shit is funny. So she's selling it. This whole, I mean, I I don't care what anybody says. It would not have worked without her.
1: No, I, I agree. It, it definitely has to be her.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jack. I mean, everything was perfect. Yeah. everything was perfect in this movie. Everything, everything. It's the perfect quintessential per- perfect horror movie. And I'm not saying it's the best horror movie in the world, but it definitely belongs on the Mount Rushmore. It's one of the best four horror movies
1: ever made. It's I think it's why it's up there it's just because it doesn't really apply to any kind one specific kind of horror fan. Horror fan, you know? I mean, this is kind of like what kind of like The Omen was. Like it's a horror movie, but everybody can watch it. Yeah, man. It's not too gory. It's not, you know, over the top. There's actual acting in it. There's nice camera work. It's very, you know, slow and and very film like The Impact movie.
0: The Impact was worldwide, dog. I mean, everybody had heard of The Shining. Everybody. Yeah. You know it. You know it. Of course, of course. Now You may or may not know this fact, but I have red rum tattooed across my
1: stomach, okay? Yes, you do. And I remember when you got that tattoo in the middle of a kitchen on an old-ass recliner, and there was one girl there eating mustard on Oreos. Look. (laughs) (laughs) Who eats that? It was like a circus when you got
0: that, but it... That uh, may or may not have happened. I don't fully remember. Do you,
1: now let me ask you this. Do you regret that tattoo? Ever? No,
0: not at all. That's actually like my like, like
1: ever. Like you're at the you're at the cool pool with your kids. Or I hate something. swimming.
0: I hate swimming. I like people pissing pools, dude. I do not want to be in a pool. And don't tell me chlorine kills it. Look it up. Look that up on YouTube. Does chlorine kill pee. you'll see all the videos and all the things where it does not do anything. You're just swimming with chlorine and
1: piss. It does not matter. You've got diluted piss on your body. Well, you can drink piss, so it's not really that bad. Yeah, it's a little bit gross, but it's not like it's shit. And is it's it? Is, piss, it is it your personal? Have you ever been to a water park? You're basically swimming in a million people's piss.
0: Yeah, I'm not going. No, It's I good don't... for
1: your immune system, dude.
0: No, no, I'm not. Not me. I don't not drink I. it. It's not like I drink it. Like, if it's your pool, like, I could deal with your piss maybe, but still, like, no, I'm cool. Like, I, I, I I'm cool. I don't want to go swimming. I'm good. I, you know would you swim in the ocean yeah yeah even though it's well, there's gr-
1: more piss in the ocean not than not, not swim pool.
0: but like i'll put my feet in and shit like i mean i'm not uh i i like the ocean or whatever and i like fishing i'm not like afraid of the water i just man you go swimming there's all kinds of kids there's, it's just not my scene man like what are we gonna do fucking sitting here and bob around and shit i'm not five we're we gonna play the torpedo game and shit the fuck am I going to do in here?
1: torpedo game. Uh, right. That was
0: the only game you
1: could play in an above-ground pool. Yeah, yeah. Were we going <laughs> to
0: play chicken? Are we going to wrestle? Like, were are we going to do wrestling moves? I'm not five. I can't jump off and do suplexes Look, and man, shit.
1: The order you get, it's all about the hot tub game. After right. Yeah, Thank you. It's all you. about the hot tub Your game. Your body hurts. Yeah. I mean, pools are nice. Like, I like pools in the summer. Just, like, there's, like... When the apartments we used to live at, they used to have a pool there, yeah. okay? And they had, like, a four-foot end, which was perfect because you could stand up in it, just be up to, like, your neck almost to the deepest end. But they also had, like, a little, like, ankle type of pool. It's like a foot. So you could just sit there, hey, you know? Every time you walk into a pool, they tell me you don't have
0: that, like, all right, when are we getting out? Like, as soon as you walk in, like, you get your shorts on, you get ready, and come in, you're like,
1: all right, now what? What am I doing? You drink and be it. No, it's all about drink. You just go to a pool to drink. That's what you do now. Okay. You don't go to swim, run laps, do cannonballs. You don't do that shit anymore. Dude, we're over 30. Yeah. Well, well, not over 30. Some of us are just 30, but some of us in this room are over 30. So you just go to drink in a pool, dude. So, no, I
0: don't regret the tattoo. I actually want to add more to it. I want to put the twins with it, you know? So. That would be creepy. Yeah, kind of like, you know. below it and then like obviously you know i i want to make it more of a a a prize piece but no just because it's me like if it was like um if i was trying to be anybody else but me it would probably suck but like that's me dog like i feel like people would be upset if i got that tattoo covered up (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean like oh, there were, i would
1: dude i i, I mean i love that tattoo i think it's a dope idea just mm-hmm. red rum like you said just red rum right across the stomach and it looked like the way he did it, it looked like it's kind of like carved into you mm-hmm. one of the sickest tattoos thanks buddy probably I, you know my kind of i like that too
0: for the fact that um you remember in a nightmare on elm street uh three of the dream warriors when joey's asleep he's like in this coma and then they're like i'll let go of him kruger and then he gets like carved in the stomach and they say, come and get him bitch like yeah. i loved that way that looked yeah and i just kind of wanted to go kind of with that i just have like i'm feeling stuff around you know i'm feeling knowledgeful i feel like we need to share things with the people i think there's stuff they need to know
1: Oh ladies and gentlemen, everybody in the world, around the world, here, over there, over here, back here, check it out. It's once again one, two, three, and the place to be is what do you know here. We're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie here. Look, we got a couple things about this movie that we know. So yeah, I, what want do you you, know I want you I want you to go ahead and start off. You tell me what you know. Oh, you want me to start off here? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it's supposed to start I off. I wanna here.
0: know everything.
1: You want to know know everything that I know that you don't know that you possibly know that could have known what you don't know. So check this out. So, as you know, in this uh, motion picture here, there is a maze on the hotel property. Junior, it's a maze. Yeah, it's a huge maze, very creepy. You're never going to find your way out. So, the final uh, segment of this movie basically is when danny's getting chased by jack and he runs into the maze trying to get away from jack right yeah so there's all supposed to be snowy and everything's cold now one thing you may not know is that this move this uh scene right here when the in the maze was filmed on a sound stage so you can't get snow on a sound stage it won't melt or you could keep it cold enough you could get fake snow but they didn't do that
0: what are you gonna do now
1: you could definitely tell this number one They didn't use uh, snow. They didn't use fake snow. They used 900 tons. Jesus. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of salt and styrofoam to create snow. 1,800 pounds there. That's a lot. That's huge. Like, you know how heavy that is? And also, one thing you may not notice is uh, you can't see their breath in the maze. That's because it's not cold. It's because it's sodium and styrofoam. It must have been real. I'll tell you what, they must have been real thirsty there, all that sodium. Well, what can you do? Uh, What can you do here? You just roll a couple of But yeah, 900 tons of. Is it pounds or tons? What am I saying? Tons. Is it tons? Yeah. I said tons. Yeah, Yeah. 900 tons of salt and styrofoam for that final May scene to create that snow. That's a whole lot. What do you know here? I'll tell you what What I know. What do you know here? So,
0: look. They had a casting call, okay? They were trying to get the little boys. So Jack Nicholson was pretty much the guy that Kubrick wanted from the get-go. Of course. The ball was pretty easy. Sure. So in the role yeah. of young Danny, uh huh, they decided to go around and have three different casting calls in three different big cities around the country here,
1: okay? What cities 5, were they? 5,000 boys. What cities were they? Okay. What cities were they? Denver? <laughs> Denver? Uh-huh. Chicago, Chicago. Our hometown of Cincinnati. No way. Yeah. No way. Yep. I no swear. way. That is that is oh, mind blowing.
0: On my mother. On oh, my mother. Oh man, that's Cincinnati, a good promise. There. The Queen City it was right here. Yeah. So, Danny wasn't picked from here. He was picked from Chicago. Not a big deal, but it was kind of a fun little fact there. You know, I found that very much cool. I did. I really did not know that. No. You know. And maybe if you're from Denver or Chicago or Cincinnati like us, you can say, hey, that's a fun little fact. That's a fun little fact that you could put in your pocket. You know, I don't know what you're going to do with it. What are you, you going to do with it? I don't know. It's just something in your brain. It was living in my brain. Now it lives in your brain. And that's what I know.
1: That is a fantastic fact here, sir. What interesting things about this movie that you may or may not have known here
0: thanks you know that it's just I'm, I'm very appreciative of information yes so I guess that's it so you know we're gonna see you next time yeah, what you do you know, know
1: I mean what do you look listen okay there's so many facts about this movie you go look them up okay but we basically summed up the most interesting ones for you so if you wanna learn more about The Shining you know you know, get on the answer machine type in The Shining Facts you know there's 25 yeah. most of them ain't that interesting I'll tell you we did the work here but I'm te- we're here to tell you the most important things that you may or may not know about this movie here so, is that all you know here? Yep. All right, that's all we know then. Okay, see you later. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, good stuff, Mark. Good stuff. It's all about what do you know. Well, here's a, here's more of a general question because this isn't a fact, but I do
1: appreciate each week uh, asking each other, what's, what's your favorite part of this movie? I have to think for a second. Do think you, of The Shining. Do, do you? I know. Do you have a favorite part that you know off the top of your head? Because I have to go through a couple to actually narrow one down.
0: When I'm thinking of The Shining, man, what scene really has stuck with me and impacted me? Honestly, I and I don't know why, uh, I, I really enjoy the bathroom scene with uh, Delbert Grady, so the butler, um, and Jack when he's talking, because it, it, it's a very pivotal scene in the fact that whenever Jack sees these ghosts, they're like, oh, long-time friend. Like, and, and he's very confused. It's like a, a state of deja vu. And there was a lot of, actually, like, it was very ambiguous, the ending was, people didn't exactly know, but my interpretation really is that The hotel wants to pull you in because Doctor Sleep, I don't know if you've seen the sequel, but it even further talks about how people look for people that have The Shining and there's like this group of people who come like suck that life out of people. They pretty much kill people. So anyways, I feel like the hotel fed off of The Shining and it tries to convince people that they had a double life there and it kind of pulls them away from the family. So obviously at the beginning of this movie when Jack takes the job, uh Mr. Ullman tells Jack that there was an accident there like ten years previously where this guy went fucking nuts that's doing his job. He was the caretaker. He went fucking nuts and killed his kids. Which is Grady, and that's when You, you know, see him in the bathroom and yeah. but he's a fucking butler, you know. He bumps into Jack with the drink. Yeah. And he takes him to the bathroom and he says, Oh, what's your name there? Jeevesy and he says, Grady, sir.
1: delbert Grady. He says Jeevesy. <laughs> Grady. And then he puts two and two together. Then he figures out that it's Grady, the guy who just slaughtered, who's the old caretaker who slaughtered his family. You know know why
0: I think I liked it too so much? Because Jack's really nuts. But he says, Grady, you were the caretaker here, weren't you? And he says, no, sir. I don't believe so. And he says, Mr. Grady, were you the caretaker here? And he says, (laughs) you've always been the caretaker for as long as I've known. And he says, Mr. Grady, you were... The caretaker. (laughs) Like, like, it's a really funny interaction, and this bathroom is sweet, man. It's very 60s. It's, like, this really vibrant red. I want that bathroom, and uh, wherever, like, if I ever had a building that big, I want that fucking bathroom. You
1: don't want the green bathroom where the naked old
0: lady is? I love the whole fucking thing, (laughs) like, the design in this. I'm serious, like... I've been looking for carpet, the shining carpet, you know, the the major pattern, like the orange one. Yeah, when Dan's playing there, there, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even in two, the room two three seven, that carpet is fucking beautiful. And actually, here is a little tidbit, a little fact. So that they did have to change that. So room two three seven in the book, it's two seventeen. Um and it's kind of there's like an actual hotel like the Timber Lodge or some shit, and they're like, look guys, please don't make it 217 in the in the movie because nobody will fucking stay here. Um, so they made it 237, and that's not a real room in their hotel, so it worked. But it actually kind of fu- ev- people end up catching wind of 217, and that's their most rented room. <laughs> it, well,
1: isn't there a room, actually, in that hotel that's supposed to be haunted? So let me give you the synopsis
0: here. Mr. Stephen King, he did a stay at the Stanley Hotel, which might
1: be the Timberline. I don't but it was a hotel, right? I'm pretty sure it's the hotel that The Sh- Shining's filmed at, isn't it? No, it's not. It's, it's not? Okay. No, it's I not. Thought th- I thought that's what it was.
0: No, so the exterior shots are a lot different. There's a lot of exterior shots in this. Some are in Oregon, and then the Stanley Hotel... Uh, is incorporated with this. Well, Stephen King, long story short, he stayed in a fucking hotel, creeped him out, gave him the idea for this because the isolation. Um, and then the hotel that he was writing it about, like, they didn't want the bad publicity. But now, the hotel that Stephen King did stay at which I know it to be the Stanley, but it might've changed names. I seen that it has. I was actually looking to get fucking married out there. I thought that'd be cool, but it'd be a pain in the ass. You ain't gonna get,
1: have her go for that.
0: Oh, dude, she would like to, she wants to travel, but she keeps forgetting she has 700 family members. So it's like, I don't know what we're going to do with that. But that's, that's a horror movie in itself trying to make that coordinate. <laughs> now it's gorgeous. The, the scenery obviously from the outside and the inside, but they changed the room up. So that's a cool little fact. Uh, I would like to stay there at 2.17. You know, I, I I think that's my favorite scene.
1: So did you come up with yours? I'm probably just going to there, – there's multiple ones. I, it's it's hard to pick, but I, I'm going to go with uh,
0: – I figured you'd the, say
1: stairs scene. That's probably what I'm going to go with, honestly, because it's between that or it's when Jack first goes up to the door just like – Honking and sticking his tongue out, all going crazy-eyed, little pigs, <laughs> little pigs, let me in, <laughs> and he chops down the door. Another cool thing about that scene, real quick, before I get into talk about my favorite scene, is when he's chopping down the door. Another great camera work is I don't know if you noticed, but it makes it way more intense. Is the camera kind of follows the axe? It goes and then shoots right and stops like so smooth on the door. It kind of like impacts with the axe. You get that like beautiful shot with Shelley Duvall right there when she's on the other yeah, side of the door just the, losing her but when shit. But but that I mean, he's he's putting the axe to the door. It's not you you got to make that special in some way and that camera really intensified him chopping down that door. Absolutely. But uh that, I thought I always thought that was really cool uh camera work in that, which makes me enjoy that scene. But the stair scene is absolutely Probably my favorite is because when Jack really starts, <laughs> it's when Jack really starts letting out his psycho. That's he turns when, it up to 11. Yeah, she she just found the all work and no play and makes Jack a dull boy. And I'm pretty sure they didn't go to the props department. I'm pretty sure somebody on set just typed all that out they, for real. Now,
0: they rumored that Kubrick did it, but. Nobody knows, but Kubrick was very methodical, and he was very – I mean, if we're telling you anything about him, he's a lengthy guy. He's very particular, very methodical, meticulous.
1: Which it it makes sense because that's basically the turning point in the movie anyway when she finally sees that, but she (laughs) – and he's just going crazy. Just, oh, dude, there's so many quotes in just the scene, but he – so basically he finds Shelley, found his work, and all it does is – there's like pages and pages. All it does is says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Another great famous line from this movie, by the way, but he's just chasing her backwards and she's just has a bat and she's like, just scream, just freaking <laughs> out. And he's just starting to get pissed. What do you think we should do with him? <laughs> Take it to a doctor. When do you think we should do that? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like he just—he's just going straight crazy, and just such the dad anger is so, coming out in him. It's—it's it's just fucking hilarious. Mindy, light he, of my life. Mindy, <laughs> you didn't let me finish my sentence. I said I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. <laughs> <laughs> Great scene. Great, Great scene. scene. He's walking up the steps like. And he just, he goes from that to, put the bat down. Give me the bat. Wendy, give me the bat. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. (laughs) Give me the bat. And he's Shelly Duvall really kind of, Wendy, I should say, really kind of overpowers him like, really defends herself well, which you think she really can't because the way she's swinging that bat. You're like, yeah, come on, Derek Uh, Jeter. What are you doing here? (laughs) All he has to do is he can just grab the bat at any point and rip it away from her. But she, like, does these swinging things, but when it really matters, she comes up and swings. Like, same thing with the knife. Yeah. He says he gets hit with the bat in that scene. Just, ah, God damn it! And he falls down the stairs. Dude, you know what's
0: funny? When he breaks through the door with the axe, and then he reaches his hand in, and she chops him with the knife. He goes, <laughs> like, he freaks out like,
1: Aah. and he didn't even make a big cut. It's like a little kitchen cut. Like, <laughs> it's back, and also when he's in the maze, like when he's starting to get defeated, starting to freeze, just. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want that frozen head like behind us here like I, I want to make get a sculpture I'm sure somebody has a like size head of that so I'd like to get that oh, for sure. Absolutely. You think you think we should get, just break that right down into our rating? You think we should jump into it and you know cut it straight with these people and let them know.
1: Floppy horror. Right. Welcome to it, Christian Ramey. This is another segment where I'm the motherfucking host now, bitch. Alright. Yeah. So we're here to talk about the sloppy horror rating for this movie, The Shining. Now, if this is your first time here, congratulations, you made it. Let me explain to you how this works. Our rating system go. It's 10 out of 10 points. We have four categories. Three of those categories are worth three points. The last category is worth one point to equal 10 points. And I asked Christian Ramey what his horror movie rating is because he is a fucking horror nerd and he knows about everything that there is to know about horror movies. I don't. I just I'm just kind of here. So we're going to go on to our first category, which is worth three points, and that is casting. Yeah. Well, tell me about it.
0: Mark, this is a perfect casting situation. This is a three out of three. Now, whether you agree with it because or disagree because you hate Shelly Duvall, you cannot deny the chemistry between Jack and Shelly on screen. You believe Shelly was Danny's mom. A hundred percent. Like, it's weird to me to think that if they didn't have a relationship after this movie, you're kind of like, give her a call. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> give her yes. a call. Uh, yes, girl, she wants to know how your last test went. Like, hope yeah. her out. Send her a Christmas card or something. <laughs> they like that kind of shit, you know? So... So, you know, yeah. birthday phone calls. So th- you really believe that was her mom, the mom, mm-hmm. all together? Cause there ends up being a lot of people in this movie, but not a lot of people that get a lot of screen time or matter. But the people that didn't, like even the even the bartender, this his name's the actor's name slipping me, but that guy killed it,
1: Lloyd. That Lloyd killed it, didn't he? Did. he? Super creepy looking too. But you just, your money's
0: no good here, Mister Tons.
1: Yeah, just the ghosts were great, and of course, you know, above all, Jack Nicholson. You know that scene? Number one, craziest dude ever is perfect to play a crazy man, having cabin fever, ready to murder his uh, wife and son. Oh yeah, he, he, he's was just porn for it. Yeah,
0: that scene where they were doing all the uh, like the ballroom scene, where it was like the Roaring Twenties and everybody was in there. Yeah. no one was speaking. They like he made them like pantomime, like all the like just mime all the scenes and shit. Kubrick did, so when you see them like. They're just doing that. Like, they're not talking. They're just mouthing words and shit, smoking cigarettes. And then, like, later he added, like, in, in, like, post-edit, like, some noises of chatter. But he made everyone shut the fuck up. and just
1: That probably works. I mean, that's the
0: best way to get clean audio. It looks kind of weird, though, too, because you can tell that it's new for people, and it, like, makes them look ghostly like cuz they're like a like an animatronic fucking thing like it, watch it again and watch the people chilling they look kind of animatronic and you can kind of tell that they're not talking but their movements don't look as fluid cuz they aren't like even though they're acting well yeah it just looks a, a tad strange and it kind of
1: adds to it. it makes them look like fucking ghosts trying ghost. to picture that now you're right like there there's some i knew there was something interesting about it i just couldn't yeah. really quite put my finger on it so that definitely helps yeah so you know okay.
0: you know that scene took f- like because that's the bar scene included so that took 14 hours they apparently they started at like uh nine in the morning and didn't wrap up till ten thirty at night i'm telling you man t- people don't realize how hard this stuff really is they said it took six weeks to prep that scene that scene that's nuts <laughs> that's just, that's insane man <laughs> That's there was, there crazy. was like a, uh, uh, and
1: you wonder why. So, if you are wondering why so many people like this movie, it's just because I don't know, man. It's just the way it's done. But uh, all right, cool. Three out of three on tree casting. out of tree. So that's three out of ten so far. So we're going to go to our second category in the Sloppy Horror Rating here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast, and that is Kills. Okay, Kills. So this department
0: may be the weakest of all categories, but you cannot deny a few things here. You can d- cannot deny a few things here. We do see a man get chopped with an axe. That was pretty pretty nice. We do see some ghosts and skeletons, which linger more to our fear category. But we do see Jack's frozen head. There isn't a whole lot of on-screen kills, but I think if I'm going to have to rate this... I have to give it a one and a half for kills because, seriously, the Ox scene is so brutal and, and intense. Because you kind of like, if it's your first time watching this, and it, this movie's so long that it pulls you back into it, even if you haven't. Like I said, the scene builds up very, very largely where Danny calls out to uh, Dick Halloran and he manages to make his way to this fucking hotel. That's covered in snow. He's got like this fucking snow, you know. Week. From Florida, it took him like he, it took him like two days to get there or something. I don't know, something crazy. Right. So you see this guy fucking get there, and I don't know. He just walks in and he just you're not expecting an axe to the fucking chest. And then the music keys in. It's really hyped up. So I, I will give this a one and a half for that because you do have blood coming out of the <sighs> elevator doors. I know that's not a kill, but you also do get the flashback scenes of the twins. Or they're actually not twins. They're 8 and 10 years old. If you remember Mr. Ullman at the beginning, he said, uh, Charles Grady, he killed his wife uh, and his two daughters about age 10 and 8. Yeah. So it's Which is weird because they look like twins. They do. But you do get
1: flashbacks of their bloody bodies. Yeah. So And you also get a naked uh, old woman. Yeah. With a big bush. Yep. Yep. But that's not a kill, but you know, it might as well be a kill because you want to kill it. it. She pretty much was dead, right? So that's a kill. <laughs> I don't know. One and a half. One and a half. Okay. All right. Well, 4.5, not too correct. bad. 4.5 out of 10. So we're going to go to the third three point category, and that is fear. So this, this is obviously the sloppy horror
0: rating. So this is kind of my personal opinion, obviously. And, you know, you got your own opinion, and that's fine, too. If you do not identify with Shelley Duvall, you're probably not going to agree with this, but I'm going to give this the fear that impacted the world, the fear that got everybody as a kid. The the reason this movie's still talked about, what do you do when your fucking dad goes nuts? That's fucking scary. There's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of buildup, a lot of suspension. The music in this really keeps you on it. Even if you don't know this movie and like, you know, say if you were watching it and somebody came in and sat down while it's halfway on and you'd hear the fucking music. Oh my God, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. It kind of pulls you right in there. It's one of those flicks that does that. So um, I, I, I very much am giving this a three out of three as well. It's a beautiful, it's done beautifully the way that the suspense builds up it pays off in the end um it's not a bunch of pop scares it's it's a slow genuine or, bless you mark Whew.
1: Dude, that, you ever that, you ever sneeze and your back hurts Yeah, is that covid no is a sneeze bitch i got allergies what were you talking about
0: Talking about the suspense in this movie
1: makes it a three out of three.
0: Of course, because it's an actual fucking movie. This isn't just pop scares of like, oh, there's a clown in it. It's scary. Not I love clowns. We discussed that last episode, but it's No, this is realistic fear. It earns your fear. It's not you're not going in like, oh, it's this that's already scary. You don't know. I mean, you're sucked into this fucking story, and I mean that really is scary. If your dad goes nuts, especially if he's like been a good guy. Like, I mean, for the most part, all dads have their moments. So. At what moment are you like, no, Dad's really going fucking nuts? Like, uh, we got to kill Dad. (laughs) And it comes to that. Like, even in Amityville Horror, if you will, like the scene at the end where the mom's just like, I'll just go for the remake uh, for the sake's sake, but, you know, she's the kids are jumping off the roof, and she's getting them, and then he pops out. Like, Ryan Reynolds comes out all like, and she knocks him out with the fucking butt of the gun. She could have shot him, but she fucking clocked him. You got to fight Dad. At what point, though?
1: At what point? So three out of three. Very good, very good. All right, so that is seven and a half. Correct. Out of ten. So we're going to go to the last category, and that's the one-point category to make it an even ten possible points, and that is, does Christian Ramey, the horror nerd here at the Sloppy Horror Podcast, fuck with this movie? I wish this point was worth two because I would give
0: it. Absolutely. It's it's the foundation I know not all horror fans agree because like here's what happens like you get horror critics like myself and and you for that fucking matter but what'll happen is the oh the exorcist of the shining everyone says and you know what I mean like it's they'll do the hipster thing like I actually like you know and that's totally
1: cool but it's it's it, it is for what it, it you got to take it for what the movie actually is and what it's actually going for if you have been in them if you have a like a slasher mindset for example when you watch this movie you're not going to think this movie's scary at all you have to get into the Mindset of the movie and appreciate what the movie is actually trying to do for you and try to present
0: very well. Because said, it's, very,
1: it's 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 isolation, it's fucking you know ghosts and like you know family violence and all family all that shit. Like you said, what are you gonna do when you're in a hotel? By yourself for <laughs> your four months going, and your dad's dad, going dad. fucking nuts with an axe like what are you gonna do about it and honestly you're like is it like his dad like getting isolated it, or is there ghosts it, what the fuck is going know. on there's like? ghosts given having giving each other bjs and shit and there's one there's another ghost with bloody just popping up like what do you do there's a naked woman ch- chasing you and trying to strangle you in one of the rooms like there's not supposed to be anybody there there's a ballroom filled with people like what do you do what do Another you say thing. you do here? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You're in a maze in the middle of the night, chasing, getting chased by someone who's trying to kill you. Fear. Spooky stuff. Uh, some man. spooky shit, dude. When you put, when you're, it's easy to say it's not scary when you're not in the situation, but so, you gotta put yourself in the situation. So that's a grand total of eight and a half, if I can count correct. Eight and a half out of ten for The Shining. I think that's a pretty good score for the Sloppy Horror Podcast uh, rating.
0: Yeah, I that's, think it's that's, very accurate.
1: That's pretty sexy. Yes.
0: And, you know, I'm a slut for slashers. I love slasher flicks, and that's usually my forte. And like you said, this is out of that just a great movie, just a great goddamn movie. And if you haven't watched it, which is weird, but even if you haven't, no judgment, or, or even if you have, I would really recommend, like Mark said, you want to make sure that you're awake and you're into it. Uh, You could be into something, you know, flick that's two and a half hours. I really recommend, well, maybe you're not from the part of the, or maybe you don't live on the part of the world where there's snow, but maybe you get rain, if you don't, just do it on a rain day, but if you get snow, I oftenly watch this movie, I watch Storm of the Century, which is another Stephen King, it was like a mini series, but it's long, it's like three hours long, you remember with Andre Linoge, I may have showed you that, that's really, that's a fucking good one, we're gonna get into that, we'll have a whole episode for that, but... The Shining is up there, buddy. If you're snowed in and you don't have shit to do, I'll oh, make you some chili. Watch The Shining. Now, that's a fucking Just a day. night
1: when you want to relax and you can't fall asleep, basically. You know, one of those situations. Just sit back in the recliner. Yeah. And just watch it, because, I mean, you, you get into it. But, again, it's very it's it's long. Keep and your some, remote. And there's some long scenes. <laughs> Keep but... your remote nearby, because
0: there may be moments. It's like classical music where... You can be down here, down here, then all of those... those, those, And you're
1: just like, holy shit, holy shit. Turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. (laughs) Yeah, you Uh -uh. do. Uh -uh. I've had to switch the volume of it a couple times just because that music is so intense in some situations. You'll change it 33 times watching. Imagine (laughs) coming out in a theater when this happened. Oh, yeah. Dude. Talk about intense shit right there. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good Uh stuff, buddy. Oh, yeah, it is.
0: So let... So people... Sloppy whores, whatever you guys want to be called. honestly Sloppos. It's the up to them.
1: Slop- we got to come out with a serial called Sloppos. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's really up to them what they want to be called. Sloppy so, broads. Sloppy whores. Whatever. <laughs> no, <they're... laughs> sloppy broads. So whatever these people want to be called, because we can't coin the name. That's the way it works. They just end up making it happen. And that's what, you know, we definitely see all you people listening. We very much appreciate it. So... This is one of the largest pillars of horror. So it's been a fucking honor to talk about it. I could talk about this movie for another two fucking hours. No joke. I really could. But you guys have no idea what's coming next week. We're not going to fucking tell you.
1: It's the season two finale episode to give you any kind of hint. So think about a horror movie. Boom. That might be it. The first one that pops into your fucking mind.
0: We're talking about Pillars, baby boy. We're talking about Pillars, baby boy. Mm -hmm. So I hope you guys are so pumped for next week, for next Monday. And then, I mean... We got big things coming, Mark. We really do because once the season's wrapped up, we're going to take like a week because we've really updated the studio here. We've got some video stuff. We're going to get really aggressive with our YouTube channel again. Obviously, these videos are going to be up on YouTube as well if you're just an audio listener. So give us, give Ozark some patience. He's a one-man show. But he's good at what he fucking
1: does. Yeah, and give me a little bit of time here, okay? I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can here. It just takes a while to create this fucking magic, okay? Fourteen days. Well, you give me some time? Yeah. Trust me, you're gonna days. love it. You're gonna love it. You know, you're gonna watch it again. You're gonna you're gonna rewind it because I'm gonna blow your mind here. All jokes aside, seriously, I've seen some of the
0: things that he's and he's kind of fucking blown my mind. So. It's going to get really aggressive. It's coming up to convention season. We're going to be out there. If you fucking see us, come holler at us. Smack my butt. Smack his butt. Say, hey, we want a t-shirt. And it's not a big deal. We'll hook you guys up. We'll do, you know, the little meet and greet. We can't wait to talk to you fucking guys. COVID has sucked. I mean, seriously, I've, I like the, obviously COVID has sucked. But the, for the conventions... For a lot of things, but for the conventions. It's been really hard to interact with people. There hasn't been a lot of new movies out and stuff to talk about, and that's kind of what inspired
1: us to go to the Pillars. Yeah, So, but the Pillars are good because a lot of people don't know about the Pillars, and, I mean, they're really good uh, watches again. So. You know. Yep, so that's, that's The Shining,
0: boys and girls. Um, and then, you know, for those of you who do want to get a hold of us, hit us up on Twitter at Horror Sloppy. They wouldn't let me do Sloppy Horror. What 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 dicks? So at Horror Sloppy, send us a message, give us an idea, and then obviously uh I, I would really appreciate it if you little boys and girls would subscribe to the YouTube channel so you guys won't miss any of that. And uh I don't know where you guys are listening, but if your podcast host, be it Apple Podcast or another, has a rating system, we'd very much appreciate a rating. And an honest one, whatever you guys feel, shoot it our way. It'd be much appreciated. All right,
1: so I'm Christian Ramey. Yes, you are. What's your name, boy? Everybody knows me here. I don't even need to say it. It's like episode nine here. You know who I am. And if you don't know, you already know because you can tell. And that's Ozark Mark. We're out of here.